Hi, and welcome to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message, where we study scripture together verse by verse. Let's jump in now for this week's message. I know if, if I know of something that someone wants or needs, then I, I'm the one that I'm going to, if I know you need something, I'm going to buy it for you and I'm going to give it to you. Because this whole thing of holding a useful gift for someone is, is just counterintuitive to me. If I've bought you something, it needs to be given to you. For instance, um, let's say if I, if I were to buy Diane a, a new drill gun, um, <laughs> I want her to have it right now so that she can, you know, fix things <laughs> around the house. I'm kidding. I didn't get Diana a drill gun. I got her a vacuum <laughs> so, so she can clean the house. On the other hand, I don't... <laughs> no, she, I forewarned her I was going to say that. Because you know what? You guys are a bunch of tattletales. Like a bunch of four-year-olds, the minute service is over. Diane, you know what Britt said? <laughs> She'll be here second service. I just, I cut it off at the pass. I told her yesterday, hey, by the way, I'm going to make a joke about gift giving. None of it is true, okay? So I don't like, it's hard to, to have a gift and, and not give it to people, but I, I don't, uh, if I don't know what gift someone is wanting or something that they need, then it's agonizing to me to try to guess what to buy because I don't want to give a gift that's not used and appreciated, right? Have you ever bought a gift and you go to somebody's house later and it's like they propped it up in the corner, they haven't used it in four months, like the vacuum? It's easy in the chaos of the holidays to become so preoccupied with our own perfect gift giving that we fail to be good gift receivers. We lose sight of the fact that God has given us not just one perfect gift, but he has given us several perfect gift. And that gifts, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. In James chapter 1, verse 17, you're probably familiar with this. James 1, 17, I'm going to kind of use that as a central verse. Uh, if you're not, if you haven't realized we're not doing where in the world this morning, it's Christmas, so I feel like I have to do a Christmas sermon. Um, yeah. James chapter one, verse 17, and I'm changing things up and using the ESV this morning because I just like the way it's worded. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, I think that's intriguing, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And then I really like Psalm 18, 12 tells us, yes, the Lord pours down his blessings. Psalm 85, 12, you should write that down. That's good. But yes, the Lord pours down his blessings in an effort to push against the whole idea that God is like a gumball machine because we do that sometimes in church where we just ask God for whatever we want and he's gonna give us. No, that's not, no. Or that Christian is too consumerized, which we do that too, right? We don't, like, we don't like Christmas because everybody just buys gifts and gives them to everybody. 
<laughs> real, real Christian spirit there with Christmas. There's just all this giving going on. We must be careful to not abandon God as the extravagant gift giver. Are you with me so far? God is an extravagant gift giver. I don't know if you realize that for all the Scrooges. Too much. James chapter 1 verse 17 instructs us that there is no variation or shadow due to change. God does not change. In fact, in God, there is no shadow. I like that. There's no shadow of anything even slightly in need of change. There's a reason for me emphasizing this. There's no reason for God to change. There's no shadow of him needing to change because he is perfect. And he will always be perfect. And then the psalmist says the Lord pours down his blessings. The Lord pours down his perfect blessings. Get your brain around this. The father of lights, the one who who there is no shadow of evil, only goodness. The father of lights is the good and perfect gift giver. That's pretty cool. And he never changes. The one who places the stars in the sky every evening is powerful to provide for you with every good gift and every perfect gift. That makes God a really good gift giver, right? So that makes God a good gift giver. Yeah, Brent, that's good. Hallelujah. Let's, Thomas, come sing Christmas carols. I like Christmas carols because you know what? There's really good theology in Christmas carols. They actually have a lot to say. And this is my cup. It was a gift. And it says, you are all naughty, Romans 3, 10, 11, and 12. <laughs> it's a theological truth, you're all naughty. Okay, so what gifts does God give to us, you may ask? That's a good question. Here are a few of God's perfect gifts. Number one, the gift of peace of mind and heart. Oh, that's good. The gift of peace of mind and heart. In preparing Jesus' disciples for his absence, Jesus told them in John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, I am leaving you with a what? Gift. Peace of mind and heart. We just kind of need to absorb that. And the peace I give you, then he's going to describe it. This is so good. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So here we have Jesus is anticipating his death. He's here with his disciples. He's anticipating his death. He knows that he's going away. Jesus knows that his disciples are about to have their lives shaken and their faith challenged. We can relate to that. Jesus knows that the disciples are about to have their lives shaken and their faith challenged. All that they have believed to be true, 
all that they have expected to happen was about to fall apart. But Jesus was giving them a perfect gift. He was giving them peace of mind and heart. And then he says, because I've given you this gift, don't be troubled or afraid. There's some things coming in this world. I'm giving you a peace that this world cannot give you. I'm giving you a peace so that whenever all these things happen in this world, don't be troubled or afraid. This world cannot give you peace of mind and heart. This world can't give you peace. Jesus said so. When you have more concerns in this world, you have more troubles, right? When you have more concerns, we get concerned about all the things of this world, we have more troubles. When you have fewer concerns in this world, you have less to be afraid. God's perfect gift adds no worries, adds no sorrows, no fears, only peace of mind and heart. My mind is calm and my heart is calm. I, I could feel the tension just because I'm being calm. <laughs> Brent, don't you watch the news? No, I don't. because God has a gift of peace of mind and heart. My mind is calm, my heart is calm, my mind is content, my heart is content, my mind is full of goodness, and my heart is filled with goodness, because the Father of lights gives you peace of mind and heart. It's his gift to those who follow him. Does that make sense? It's a good gift. Number two. Oh, he's going fast. Maybe we're going to get out early. Maybe. Number two. The gift of rest. Diane and I, uh, we don't even have any little kids at home anymore. Um, but we still, this last week, between the two of us, we attended six different Christmas programs. So, uh, and I know that some of you attended a lot more than that. And most of you are the ones that have all these kids that you got to run around to practices and get ready for all of these programs that happen during the holidays. And so I, I understand this time of year, everyone is buzzing around like a bumblebee as if the success of Christmas is dependent upon us. Says the person who was late coming to the platform this morning because I was back there getting coffee instead of uh, doing welcome. I'm in no rush. I have peace. I have rest. Thomas will take care of it. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, then Jesus said, this is a great text, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and have toddlers and teenagers, but not those with grandkids. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will what? Give you rest. As I went through this this week, I just am thinking of the irony of Christianity, how we run around just worrying about the state of the world, 
the world, sky's falling. It's all bad. And Jesus says, I will give you rest. Yeah, but it's just so hard in the economy and the inflation and, and taxes and the government and, and COVID's making a comeback. Somebody told me, I don't know. The news. The news. <laughs> the news. It's, Greg's like, you can abbreviate all this. Just say the news, Brent. Just come on. Come on. We got things, we've got things to do this afternoon. I will, Jesus says, I will give you rest. Yeah, but then who's going to worry about all these other things? Verse 29, sorry, I got sidetracked. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says. Let me, that we never teach on this part. Let me teach you, Jesus says. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is what? Light. As fully devoted followers of Christ, we do not carry the burdens of those who carry the weight of this world. I'm going to drink coffee while you think about that. As followers of Christ, we do not carry the burdens of those who carry the weight of this world. Brent, are you not worried about all the stuff that's happening? No, because whenever I was in Sunday school a thousand years ago, uh, we sang this song that went, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. I was the only one that sang that. And so I just assume that God's got it and there's not much I can do about it. It's my job to just live in his rest. If we live by the standards of this world, there is not time for rest. Did you hear what I said? When we live by the standards of this world, there's not time for rest. We're busy living to please others or to impress others. We get busy trying to carry the burden of our own righteousness. I have to work hard to be good enough so there's no time for rest. Jesus comes along and he says, come to me. It's his way of saying, trust me, trust me, come to me. Instead of you carrying your burden, come to me, trust in me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will, what? Give you rest. Instead of carrying the weight of this world, learn from Jesus and be humble and gentle. Be humble and gentle. Jesus came to earth as the son of the living God. And he was not so important that he couldn't be humble and gentle. There's a whole teaching here. In Jesus, we can be humble and gentle and find rest for our souls. See, if you're not humble and gentle, then you're out there running the race and you have to, you know, you've got to get the right, you got to get the perfect gift for that person you love. So you'll run over people to get it so that you can show everybody that you got the right gift. That's not humble or gentle. Now, I, as I was going through my notes this morning, I realized I kind of need to make a point of clarification here. I have no problem with being active or being busy. That's not the problem. The problem is when our activities is so important that it shapes our lives as opposed to Christ shaping our lives. 
Does that make sense? When the things that we're racing to get shapes our character, that's a problem. Unless we're shaping, uh, racing to get Christ and then Christ shapes our character. So we can just breathe in a sigh of relief. <laughs> uh, this time of year, we need to just breathe in a sigh of relief because in Jesus, God has given you the perfect gift of rest. But Brent, there's chaos going on. Not in Jesus. He's got, well, I'm, I don't, can't get ahead. There's the perfect gift of rest. Number three, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm, is he fixing to talk about the Holy Spirit? Oh my goodness. He's going to start talking in tongues. The gift of the Holy Spirit. So before you get weird about the Holy Spirit, listen carefully about what Jesus has to say about the, the good and perfect gift of the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 11, verse 11, he says, oh, this is a great text because this is a vivid picture. You fathers, Luke eleven eleven. he says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if you ask for an egg, if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you, who? Sinful people. These are unregenerates that stay home on Sunday morning. Not the faithful people that come to early service. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Do you see the contrast? The contrast of a sinful father can give good gifts. Our heavenly Father, how much more can he give us the great gift of the Holy Spirit if we ask him? These verses are at the end of a passage of Jesus teaching about prayer. The emphasis is really about God answering the prayers of his children. The preceding verse, verse 10 says, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. The point being, God is very ready to give good and perfect gifts to his children. Brant, why are you making an issue of this? Because the church people are the worst about God has, is this heavenly father who is a God of grace and abundance and when I get it right, then he'll give me a gift. And that is just not true. God is abundantly ready to give you good and perfect gifts. So when we ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit, God is not going to hesitate. I knew when I wrote this, there'd be tension. Now we've changed the tension. Before it was like, Brent, we're busy, hurry up. Now it's like, Brent, we got to work out our doctrine of theology. We have to work out our pneumatology before we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because that's what the text says, right? 
No, the text says, ask and God's waiting to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. If a sinner can give good gifts to their children, how much more is the father of lights ready and willing and able to give us the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and understanding of all things. I started to make my sermon a lot longer, but I just want you to say, I want you to know that I abbreviated all this, so you're welcome. The Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom to understand all things. The Holy Spirit shows us when we are living in a sinful way and then gives us power to overcome that sin. So for all of those who are sitting back saying, well, I don't want to ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit because I don't understand it yet. Well, you need to ask so that you'll understand. God has prepared the perfect gift of the Holy Spirit for you, he has the gift for you. If you're waiting to get your theology, the Holy Spirit all worked out before you ask, maybe you should ask God to give you the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit give you wisdom in understanding all things, including the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a good and perfect gift from God. Don't be afraid of God's gift. Take it. On Christmas morning, you give a gift wrapped to your child and they go, I don't know about that. <laughs> I just want to say, if your child does that to you, you are a failure as a parent. <laughs> Complete and utter failure. You give a gift and your kids question whether or not it's a good gift, you're a jerk. But then we act that way to God. He says, I give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. We put our hands in our pockets and go, well, I'm not sure about that. Really? If a sinner can give a good gift, our Heavenly Father wants and is ready to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Take it, dude. Number four. <laughs> I'm at that age. I need a longer arm or a bigger watch. <laughs> the gift of Jesus. Have you ever put effort into giving a gift and then it wasn't received the way you hoped? First time I bought Diane roses, I was out of town and I had sent her roses. And whenever I got back into town, she was, oh, happy. So I'm like, oh, this is easy. So then like, you know, six years later, I bought her roses again. And it was like, oh, thank you. We must be careful that we do not take for granted the good and perfect gift of Jesus. We must be careful that we pay attention to why we are celebrating the birth of Jesus. As I read these verses, um, pardon me, as I read these verses, uh, when we come to the word gift, I want you to say it out loud with me, okay? And I realize that this is, Romans 5 is not really a Christmas text at all, but uh, but it's good. It's really, really good. Romans 5.15, whenever I come to the word gift, which you're gonna, now you're going to have to follow along with me, I even bolded it so you can halfway pay attention and still be with me. Romans 5 verse 15 says, but there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious yes. gift. Oh, y'all make me so happy. Oh. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his 
gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. Wow. Verse 16. And the result of God's gracious gift. Y'all are running out of steam, aren't you? Like we did it twice, really good, Brick. Give us a break. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins. Oh my goodness. Verse 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Think with me. Through God's gift of Jesus comes the gift of grace. As you look through that text, God gives us grace. God gives us the gift of forgiveness. God gives us the gift of righteousness. Through the gift of Jesus, it's the Trojan horse. We'll give, God gives us Jesus and through Jesus, we have grace. We get something we didn't earn. We have forgiveness. What we do deserve, the penalties of our sins have been wiped away. We have righteousness, something that we could never, never obtain. God says, hey, Brent, you sorry, good for nothing. Gonna make you righteous. Wow, it's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift from God who never changes. He's always perfect and he always gives perfect gifts. When this world can give you nothing of godly character, when this world can give you nothing of godly character through this one man, Jesus, God has given you and I grace and forgiveness and righteousness. But wait, there's more. I think I brought this up last week, John 3, 16, just because it's a good verse. John 3:16 for this is how this is how God loved the world. I like the way the New Living Translation does that. This is how God loved the world. How did he love? He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It is through the gift of Jesus that God also gives us the gift of eternal Life. Even Paul declared in Romans 6, 23, this is what you started to quote a while ago in your brain. I know you did because I can read your minds. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Through Christ Jesus, God's gift to you is eternal life. Ta-da! And we're all, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. God, through his son, Jesus Christ, sent in a manger, lived his life, did miracles, proved himself to be the son of God, died on the cross, rose on the third day. That is God's gift to you so that you can receive the gift of eternal life. Well, I'm not sure if I can unwrap it. No, 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 no. God's given it to you. It's yours. Live in it. 
But Brent, don't we have to do something to earn God's forgiveness and all this eternal life? Yeah, do your kids do anything to earn Christmas presents? I just got angry. Ephesians 2, verse 8. <laughs> Two kids deserve Christian Christmas presents. Are you serious? No, they don't. This is, this is the celebration of Christmas, of Christ Jesus. We see in giving gifts to people who do not deserve them. It is grace and forgiveness. It is, we give them life every day. When they're teenagers, you stand over their bed at night with the pillow and go... I choose to give you life. I choose to give you life. I'm kidding. I'm kidding a little bit. Uh, I'm really. Ephesians, I love my kids. I, every night I prayed, prayed for their hearts. God, direct their hearts towards you. Turn their hearts towards you so they'll always love you. Okay, all right. Get serious. You guys are goofing off way too much. So don't I need to do something to earn this? God, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a, see if we can do this, gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. No, so, so no, none of us, sorry, I can't read. So none of us can boast about it. God's free gift to you is salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. Don't forget about it during the holidays. I'm back to James chapter one, verse 17, where we started, where it says, every good gift, wow, and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of lights. I think the contrast is all the stuff that we buy for Christmas, but but our attention really should be about every good gift, every perfect gift. It comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. We think of Jesus appearing as a baby in a manger. We see him as powerless and helpless, but Jesus is the good and perfect gift from above, coming down from the Father of lights. There is no gift more wonderful. There is no gift than Jesus that is more complete. There is no gift with more eternal value than Jesus. As we give our little gifts to one another, let us remember to be grateful for all of God's perfect gifts. You've been listening to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message. We would like to invite you to one of our service times at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings here in Farmington, New Mexico. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at desertheightschurch.com.